0: Good morning, it is another gorgeous six-degree March morning. Up on the Hornby Hill. ah, Shot another good group of arrows this morning. And I'm pulling out of today. Amazing. It's amazing how impossible it is to be on time when children are involved. It really is crazy. Today, I would like to talk to you. About. i'd like to tell you a little story i want to tell you about my first two hunting trips oh yeah hold on let's see oh all right all right all right a little scattered not too good come on there all right. put kick it in the four wheel here it's a Little got a little snow last night a little powder <laughs> i'd like to tell you about my first two hunting trips my first two hunting experiences so, I got into hunting the same way I would venture, I guess, a lot of uh, older people did. I got into hunting through Joe Rogan, I guess. I bet that is such a common, common, uh, common story. I haven't heard it too many times, but I, I just, there's a bunch of people all around that are like me that were just like, on board. and It started with Joe Rogan and Steve Rinella. And I remember listening to that podcast his first one. Uh when I just had already graduated college, I had moved back home and I was living in my parents' basement, so cliché. And uh uh I was listening to that podcast and I was just like thinking it was crazy. And uh in college I had my my best friend and I uh we lived in the same apartment and we went vegetarian for a couple months. And, uh, I don't know. It was just more like, uh, it was in the time with all the documentaries, like, uh, like, uh, cows, sp- I don't know, a bunch of food documentaries, the, the juicing documentary. I remember I did that juicing thing for a while. And I, I think in all in the effort, it was to get, uh, more ethically sourced food. And, uh, my whole life, I've been really into cooking. And I, uh, I'm pretty decent cook, so... It, like I was, I'm out. Like gravitated towards, you know, more uh, strange ingredients that culinary with it. So, I mean, when I was when I was hearing this podcast about trying wild game meat, I mean, it was just, it was just, uh, it just seemed super cool. And like, I don't know, hunting just was not our, like no one I knew hunted as a kid. Like maybe a couple of people's grandparents or a couple of the really country kids in my high school that I wasn't like super good friends with. So it just it just made it seem accessible so, uh, not, at that point it wasn't didn't seem accessible it uh it seemed actually like something cool I'd like to try sometime and so i I was always interested in that and and it just it just seemed cool it was, it was interesting so it was interesting after I'd heard that that and I listened to a couple other Steve Renella podcasts, and that they were all very cool sounding and it sounded like an awesome thing so. Um at the time, let's see, let's get to a different period of time. So, I get back, I moved to New York after I moved back home from college. I go to New York, I move back home again, and I start going to the community college there and I start uh making some friends there. I get a job at a restaurant on our main, our town's main street there. And our town's a little bit of a tourist town, so there's always there's a pretty nice restaurant and bar scene. So I got a job at one of the, fa- at one of the fancier restaurants as a busboy. And there I became friends with my friend, who's still my good buddy to this day, Nate Schallenberger. And <clears throat> he int- we were hanging out. We had a great summer uh, in between. You know, it was in between classes. So it was just a time of work and play. So then he introduced me to his good friend, Austin Hill, who has become my like main hunting mentor. He's he's the guy, man. He's been hunting since he was like twelve. Um, he's he's the he's the man. He really is like a jack of all trades. Anyway, I was at his house for the first time. We were all hanging out. We I think we had gone fishing earlier in the day at a at a gravel pit or something near Austin's house, and we ended up chilling back at Austin's house chilling. And in his room, he had uh, deer skulls, uh, a stuffed squirrel, a bunch of guns. And I just remember, like, I had never really seen someone my age. He's younger than me, by like a couple years. <coughs> like, four years. And he had all these guns in his room. And I was like, dude, do you just, like, have all these lying around? He's like, yeah. I'm like, that's just, it was mind-boggling to me. And, um... And he just had all these different sweet-ass guns, and I started asking him about it. And then he had, like, a... I was like, so you, like, hunt with all these? And then he was like, yeah, that's what you do with them. And then I just started asking him a million questions. This is in the summertime. And I just started asking him a million questions about all of it, about, like, how you even go about hunting, what do you do? And he just started to tell... He was very patient with me, answered all my questions. He was, like, just you know, answering, answering I just you know, just we were just talking about it. It must have been for hours. And um and he, I was just like, Holy crap, he's like, dude, you sound like you're interested in it, like, you should get your hunting license and we'll go And I was just like, Really? You take me out? And he's like, Yeah, of course And it was like nonchalant, totally whatever. So I remember just that was as he like planted the seed in my head, right? and uh we had like i said i was into fishing before hunting so i we would love field in the stream because it was just you know it was like they have all the different types of tackle all the everything fishing and they had all the hunting sections and we go there and google at it and um and when you go there they start sending you flyers so i got a flyer in the mail and it said uh A Remington 747 or 743, something like that, Uh, with the scope, multiple calibers available, 250 bucks. So I saw that. I was like, is that real? And that gun looks so sexy. And it was all black synthetic stock, black scope, everything. And I was just like, man, that looks sick. And um, I remember I was thinking about it. And thinking about it, and I went to my friend Devin's house, who I'm still friends with today. And it was a snow. It was the first snow of the year, and like must have been October, like early snow, October, and or or maybe even November, early November. And I remember it snowing, and and then late night before I woke up, I'm like, I'm gonna go buy that gun. So, I think maybe I still had a little booze in me cuz it just it made me pull the trigger, so to speak. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, so I ran over to Field and Stream and I was like, I want this gun. And then so they're like, "Well, what caliber you want?" I don't know dick about calipers. I'm just like, um, well, I don't I don't know. 30-06 always sounded like, cool to me cuz there's that song Can't fix without $400 in 30-06 you know it just that 30-06 just sounded cool and i think it was like maybe the biggest uh caliber they had maybe not they might have had like a a 308 or something but those might be the same anyway so they uh he goes 30-06 i'm like is that will that kill deer and he's like that'll kill moose son and i was like uh i'll have that one It's like moose. Can I even fathom that? I I, can I even picture going to go hunt moose. So I was like really stoked. So I got that gun and I called Austin. I told him about the gun. He's like, all right, well, now you got to get your hunter safety course. So literally I was like, all right, I'm getting because I think the season was going to start in two weeks. So I had two weeks to get my hunter safety course. And if you know about hunter safety courses, they're like, in New York, they're like, they're like at these little municipal buildings or rod and gun clubs or just random places. And the classes are not very big usually. And it takes, if you if you can find one, if you can find a full day course, those are the ones to go to, but those fill up the fastest. And then they offer multiple two-day courses. So it's a couple hours each day and it's... It's like a, it's a two-day thing, but they're normally meant to be done around you, right? So the 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 only one that I found, the closest one that I found that was before hunting season was in Columbia County, uh, in some, I think it hurt maybe maybe it was Herkimer, I think it was close to Poughkeepsie. I don't know, it's far away from me, like four hours away, and uh, I had to work the night before. And it was a two day course, so I was gonna to have to stay overnight there. It was the only one I had available. So I, uh, I went there. I just, I, I, I was, it was started at 8 in the morning. The cal started at 8 in the morning, was four, four hour drive. So, or maybe it started at like 9 in the morning, or 10 in the morning, I don't remember. One of those days. But I had to take off a couple of days of work. And I went out drinking the night before, and I ended up sleeping in a little late, and I had to run. I sprinted to my car, which was about a mile away. Not sprinted. I dropped fast. I ride in my car, and I still showed up an hour late. But everything went fine. They let me, uh, they let me show up late. No, not too much bullshit. They're pretty lenient, at those classes. I probably could have just showed up at one of them closer to me and just walked in. They're usually pretty cool, but I didn't know that. So, I ended up sleeping in my car. Uh, I ended up sleeping in my car at a Walmart, and at the Walmart, I went in and bought a bunch of paracord, and I uh, did like one of those summer camp things where you like—I uh, forget what it's called—but uh, I made a gun. I made a gun sling uh, while I sat in my car before I went to bed, listening to podcasts and stuff. So, and then the next day, I took my hunter safety course and then I had it. It was all done, I was good to go. So that was my first gun. So I, ha- I have my gun, I have my safety course. Uh, now Austin was like, well dude, we should probably get you on some kind of like smaller hunt before you just go hunt deer. Because Austin had then introduced me to his mentor. We'll just call him Dave. I don't know if he wants both his first and last name out of here. We'll just call him a guy named Dave. And He then, we, we talked about a bunch of stuff, but uh, he was he was another mentor figure for me. So Austin was like, well, we should go on some kind of hunt before we go on that deer hunt. So he's like, well, last, last week, whatever, I went hunting pheasants with uh, these two older guys. Why don't we go do that? So, I was like, "Pheasants, fucking yeah, dude! Sweet, load it up, let's do it." He's like, "Do you have a shotgun?" And I, I borrowed this shotgun from my dad, that he had. He just had this gun lying around for I don't know, because he felt like he should have a gun. But it was literally, it's literally like a, uh, a Mossberg five hundred from maybe the eighties, the early eighties, and it's uh, it's got one, it's it got no choke tubes. It's just improved cylinder it's and yeah it's it's a real beat-up old gun but i've shot quite a few uh quite a few uh, animals with it so it, it works <laughs> it jammed all the time <laughs> anyway so it like it would get uh it would get the the cartridges stuck in the tube loading tube and like and you'd rack them out it get stuck in there too it was a beat to but it worked so i borrowed that and we went hunting at this place in Lindley, uh, Lindley, New York, and uh, not too far from our house. And <clears throat> when we got there, as soon as we got there, it's like this farm that they just stock pheasants on. The state stocks them. The guy lets them stock them on his land, and he lets people hunt it. So we get there, and we hear the cockbirds uh chirping. We can hear them talking to each other. and so we start walking on through the brush. Through the, we're walking through the brush. And it was a frosted-over morning. I mean, I think I had on pack boots that I had bought from Goodwill. Some old sorrel pack wood boots that I got at Goodwill. Um, I don't even know, man. Like, just whatever clothes I had. There's a picture of me on this huh? I, I could I could tell you exactly what I had on. And I actually lost uh, this zip-up thing that I'm really pissed about that I still miss. But whatever. Um... So we're walking through this, we're walking through cattails, we're walking through all kinds of frozen stuff. My legs are soaked, I don't think I had long johns or anything on. I think it's just straight leg, was soaked in ice water. We had his uh, new golden retriever puppy with us, and uh, we ended up, let's see, okay, so we were hunting in this uh, bottom, in this, oh my god, the river's completely frozen over. Hilarious. We were hunting in this bottom, this like uh, drainage kind of thing, and around some cherry trees. And uh, right then, a, a cockbird pheasant flushed up in front of Austin, and he shot it, dropped it, bam. And I remember him, we going over to it, and I remember like, just looking at that pheasant and being like, holy crap. This is like a wild chicken that Austin just shot in front of me. It was just crazy. And I was just so amazed by it. And there's a little bit of blood hanging out of its beak. And like, I felt a little bit like weird about it at first, but I was like, well, let's just keep going, I guess. So we just kept on hunting. So he dropped that bird and then we're, we're walking along. And so he's telling me, all right, so the key to pheasants hunting, if you don't have a good dog is you gotta do the Z, the V, the Z. Just crisscross back and forth all over. You're just trying to comb every inch of terrain. So I remember we're walking up this hill. walking up this hill, and then um, he's we we see one, and it's running. It's running. So we start tearing after it. Right? We're chasing after it. Ducks into some brush, and then he's ahead of me, and he's chasing it. And then he runs. He runs against. It. He runs. 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 runs, runs and then uh, this pheasant pops up and it starts flying. And it flies downhill towards me and across my face. I pulled up, shot, I didn't even aim or nothing. I pulled up, shot, and boom, I shot one and I missed it. And uh, he shot it once, he shot at it and he missed it too. So then we, we saw where it went to touch down. And, and uh, we, we started over that way. So he was telling me, all right, When you see it, just just, uh, run up to it. Don't be scared, just try to get close to it and uh, so we can have a better shot at it. So we run down there, he goes one way. Uh, It's in like a clump of trees, kind of like the bottom that he shot his out of. And um, it's in a clump of trees, he goes one way around the back, I go around the other side, and Harper, this little baby golden retriever puppy, just runs right into the thick of it. And uh, I remember that pheasant, It popped out of the trees to my left again, flushed in front of my face, and same move. I just picked up my gun, did not aim, nothing, just shouldered it, boom, shot it right in the head. Dropped it. It was really close. It wasn't far at all. So, and I just remember being like, I just killed on my first ever hunt. I just actually got an animal. This is crazy. And I just remember picking up that, the pheasant was still a little bit alive. I, uh, wrung its neck and I put it in my backpack. And I just remember feeling like the warmth of the pheasant, uh, in my bag on my back and just being like the happiest person in the whole world. And, uh, um, he was like, dude, congrats. He was super gracious about it. super building up. And, uh, I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe it. I didn't even aim. He's like, that's almost better if you just shot it and you didn't even aim. That just means you just instinctually shot it, which is a good thing. And I, that made me feel like a real badass. So we had these pheasants and we each had one, one cockbird, and had like the long ass, the long tail feathers. And I just was looking, it was just so cool. The colors on them were unbelievable to me. And, um, and so we're just hunting more, hunting more and um also oh we're hunting along this trail and then there's a deer at a at a scrape and he shows me he's like look that's there's a doe right at that scrape and I mean it wasn't far at all 100 yards and it just was staring at us and and I was like oh my god what he and then he he explained to me I was like could we shoot that he's like yeah not not now because it's archery season and we don't have the right bullets in these guns and um <clears throat> and uh he was like telling me about what a scrape was. And I was like, I can't believe I just saw that deer. Well, that was totally within range. And he's like, yeah, hundred percent. If we were, would have been hunting that would have, that you could have shot that easy. And, um, and, uh, so then we're hunting some more and we come up to this apple tree. That's, you know, it's, it's early, it's, it's peak fall and there's all the, you know, the foliage is everywhere and there's apples loaded on this tree We sit below this tree. We eat some of the apples. We smoke a bowl. We just, we just, uh, we smoke a bowl. We smoke a cigarette. We eat some of these apples. It's just so, it was just like such a surreal experience. It was so beautiful and amazing. And it was just like, I was just having so much fun. Just so much fun. Like being out in the woods, it wasn't that cold. I had warmed up since then because you're moving around. You know it made the water that i was drinking taste so good it was just it was just so it was amazing it was really a surreal experience so we get those two birds we're hunting some more we see a cock bird uh we see his head uh on a little trail and um we uh we duck we we try to chase him but we don't find him we hunt for a little bit longer and we get out of there and uh and so we decided to leave we went and checked another place but we didn't uh we didn't hear. We didn't hear any cock, birds cackling, and we didn't see anything. So we just, you know, we had a pretty long day so far. So we decided to go home, to his house. <clears throat> so I went to his house, and he showed me how to skin the bird. We we didn't pluck it, and since then I haven't. I, I don't know. I really don't mess around plucking too much, but so I feel kind of guilty that I don't. But uh, he showed me how to skin the bird, gut it, I, and uh, I did it all myself. And that's when he mentioned, he mentioned like, uh, hey, you know, with the feathers, some people keep those feathers and they make flies out of them. And for whatever reason, that just, it just stuck in my head like, oh, no shit, I can use like, I, I was really intrigued by the notion of using every part of the animal. So I was like, yeah, hell yeah, I'll keep the feathers, who knows, maybe one day I'll do that. And so I kept a bunch of those feathers, the coolest looking ones, and I kept the tail fe- uh, feathers, of course. And I also kept uh, his feet, and I uh, preserved those in salt, and I have them hanging up in my house. But uh, then I took it home, and I Googled a pheasant recipe, and it, I looked up, a br- it said to brine them, and then uh, cook them, roast them. So I brined it, and uh, I think I just, I think it was a sugar-salt mixture, but I definitely had too much salt, and I just roasted it like, I just basically put it in a pot a roasting pan and uh roasted it just like it was for like an hour or whatever it came out pretty tough and very salty but i ate every fucking piece of that thing because i was so happy with like to have to have my first you know eating my first killed animal you know and not killed animal but uh not it wasn't a fish you know so it was, uh, it was sweet, man. It was, it was so awesome, and uh, I, I still have those tail feathers sitting in my living room on this piece. Uh, it's like a, I designed like this. Um, I took like one of those jars that has like those little clasp lids, and I filled it with just like things that I I'd take. I I'd in nature from like acorns to flowers to uh, cool sticks, like and feathers that I find out in all my adventures. Just different like I have like a, a dried sumac berry on there it's just got a whole bunch of cool stuff and uh the 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 tail the tail feathers are the are the centerpiece of that and uh, another group of those feathers I I used to tie flies with and uh and so it's sitting and, and the the feet also hang up in a prominent place in my house oh and I and I'm looking at it right now I kept so there's this rosary that I have hanging from my rearview mirror, that uh, that I don't know. I just oh, I've had it since I got my first car, and in it I have two feathers. I have one of the secondary wing feathers from that pheasant, that first pheasant that I shot, and there's actually a little uh, dent knocked out for where the BB, one of the BBs hit it. And I on the other side, it's, it's jammed in the hole of the cross that, uh, that is on my rosary. And the other feather I have on it is a uh, curled tail feather from the first uh, Drake Mallard I shot. So they hang with me every day, man. And uh, I'll tell you about that other hunting story. Another time, I guess, because I just pulled up to work. But anyway, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy the story. And uh, I hope to provide a lot more. So, thanks. Love you. Bye.